It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Age of Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Oh, man, it was good. I had a good day yesterday, man. Mm-hmm. It was a good anniversary. I uh, got to spend some time with my fiance. Mm-hmm. Time to put another ring on it, man. Get it over and done with. Yeah, we're waiting. I know, right? Getting tired of it. I'm just kidding. I know, so am I. <laughs> Yeah, so am I. It's about, it's about time. I think everything with COVID and all that other crap going on, right? It's just kind of hard to get it together. So uh, absolutely, I think that now that she's over her health problems and and uh, starting work again on Friday, we'll be uh, saving up and getting back to to planning this wedding, man. Right? Absolutely, man. But um, let's get some football talk done. Yes, football talk. Yeah, y'all don't want to hear about my love life. <laughs> it isn't. It's spicy though. <laughs> it is spicy. Yes. Ah. Anyway, so here we go. We're gonna start with the NFL standings. Here we go. AFC East. The Patriots are nine and four with a six ninety two win percentage. The Bills are seven and five and a five eighty three win percentage. The Dolphins are six and seven with a four sixty two win percentage. The Jets are three and nine with a two fifty win percentage. And the AFC North, the Ravens are eight and four with a six sixty seven win percentage. The Bengals are seven and five with a five eighty three win percentage. The Steelers are six five and one with a five forty two mm-hmm. win percentage, and the Browns are six and six and five hundred. 
In the AFC South, the Titans are 8 and 4 with a 667 win percentage, sorry. The Colts are 7 and 6 with a 538 win percentage, and the Jaguars and Texans are both 2 and 10 with a 167 win percentage. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are 8 and 4 with an 8 with a 667 win percentage. The Chargers are 7 and 5 with a 583 win percentage, and the Raiders and Broncos are both 6 and 6 and 500 on their win percentages. In the NFC out east, the Cowboys are 8 and 4 with a 667 win percentage. The Washington football team has moved to 500 at 6 and 6. The Eagles are up to 6 and 7 with a 462 win percentage, and the Giants are 4 and 8 with a 333 win percentage. In the NFC North, the Packers were off this week, so they remain 9 and 3 and have a 750 win percentage. The Vikings are 5 and 7. Uh, with a 417 win percentage. The Bears are 4 and 8 with a 333 win percentage. And the Lions, and we'll talk about this, got their first win of the year off the Schneid finally. 110 and 1 with a 125 win percentage. Yeah, Jared Goff didn't look like Jared Goff. No, he actually kind of looked like a decent quarterback. <laughs> Especially on that final throw. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Gave it to himself uh, a good uh, little nice throw there. Touchdown. We'll talk about it, anyways. In the NFC South, the Buccaneers are 9-3 with a 7.27 win percentage. And the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers are all 5-7 with a 4.17 win percentage. In the NFC West, to round this out, the Cardinals are the first team to win 10 games this year as they move to 10-2 with an 8.33 win percentage. The Rams bounce back against the Jaguars are 8-4 with a 6.67 win percentage. The Niners drop to 6-6 and are 500. And the Seahawks got a win, moving up to 4-8 and eight with a 3-33 win percentage. So, let's talk a little college football, shall we? Let's do it, brother. Alrighty. First up, we need to just talk about the college football coaching carousel finally neg- negatively hit a team we follow. And that would be Oregon. Oregon lost head coach Mario Cristobal to Miami as returns to his alma mater. Cristobal is also from Miami, Florida, so it's a return home for the coach. Miami fired Manny Diaz early Monday uh, after setting a deadline on Cristobal for a mid uh, for midday Monday to accept the offer. How Miami went about it with, Di- oh, with Diaz, though, was a bit shady, but Cristobal leaving was not too surprising. Now the Ducks got work to do in, on the coaching search. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it isn't the same feeling with Willie Taggart. When Willie Taggart left, we were all pissed. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this is more sad. Um, but I understand it. Yeah. You know, he's going to his alma mater. Mm-hmm. You know, his mother's been having health issues. Right. And he'll be able to help take care of her and still, still be able to coach and still be able to and do it at his home area which is right. amazing dude which yeah. is cool because that, that isn't that what everybody wants to do right is coach it at the the school you went to right absolutely i mean granted it's it's one thing if we lost him to his alma mater being an fcc school yeah you know or a division two school that that'd be weird it's like you don't think you can coach major college football what's wrong with you He's going to Miami. That's a historically good program. It hasn't been lately. It's been historically bad recently. But you know with him there, it's going to be good. It's going to eventually turn around and be good. But you're right. We cannot sit here as Duck fans. I love you, but you cannot 
compare this to Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart won in Dundas and went to Florida State. Cristobal gave us four pretty good years. We got two Rose Bowl appearances out of it. We won a Rose Bowl. You know, we should have... I mean, the only thing I didn't like is the players knew it before we went into the Pac-12 title game. And that became apparent um, with how poorly we played in that game. And got rolled yet again by Utah. A team we are better than. We are better talented-wise than Utah. But yet, we weren't ready for it because we kind of knew he was out the door. And unfortunately, with the loss, he went. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's sad news, but, you know, best wishes to him. Yeah. Um, I really do hope he can turn Miami around because Miami used to be, you know, one of the bigger bigger schools, bigger teams. and right. One of the glamour programs of yeah. all of college football. I mean, so it would be nice to see them <clears throat> rise to the occasion again. Yeah, and also to your duck, our duck fellow for duck fans, don't give Kayvon Thibodeau a hard time for skipping out of the bowl game and concentrating on the NFL draft. Heck that no. is stupid. No. People are giving him a hard time. Yeah. They're like, oh, how could he leave Oregon? His coach left, don't leave. It's like, dude, he's going to possibly be the number one overall draft pick, and we're playing in the Alamo Bowl. If we were playing in the Rose Bowl, he'd probably be 50-50. If we were in the college football playoff, he definitely would be playing. But he's not showing up for the Alamo Bowl. I don't blame him. He's going to possibly be the number one overall draft pick. There's a possibility it's not him, but he'll still possibly be a top five. That's good money. You don't want to risk that over a possible knee injury in a freak accident. And he also has been dealing with some health concerns all year. He hasn't been 100%. Now he gets time to rest up and start training for the combine and then the draft. Yeah, now now I'm just hoping that, you know, that the Lions kind of go on a winning streak a little bit. So he doesn't end up And then Jacksonville continues to suck. And he can come here. (laughs) Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. Well, the thing is, is even um, Colin thinks that they would take Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan because it's the local boy and he's a defensive end. Which I could see that would possibly be probably smart for them to do. Just saying. I mean, I'd still rather have Thibodeau, honestly, myself. But at the same time, I could see taking the guy that's plays at Michigan, and I think he's also a native of Michigan, so, yeah, and, you know, it'd be just like the Cincinnati Bengals when they took Burrow. It made sense. He's from Ohio. He did go to Ohio State before going down to LSU, transferring down to LSU, and he, they brought him back home. Yep. So, I mean, so I can't really blame him if they went with Aiden Hutchinson, which then would give the Jaguars the option to go ahead and draft him. Oh, and you don't think middle. they wouldn't? They would. <sighs> Jacksonville needs so many things, though, that I don't know if K one's enough to. It's not enough to do to to really make a difference as far as I mean, the, unless you can convince the free defense agents. goes. But yeah, if you have him, oh yeah, and then Allen, him and Allen on opposite sides. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty bad bad badass tandem. Tandem, yeah. So you're right about that. All right, so next up, the Florida Gators have officially announced Billy Napier as their new head coach of the football program. He comes from Louisiana after leading the Raging Cajuns the past few years. Louisiana has been enjoying quite a bit of success under Napier with limited resources. Now Napier heads to Gainesville to run an SEC program with big-time aspirations. The fall from 
the fall from grace for the Gators after the year they had last year was disappointing. Hopefully the Gator fans give Napier a chance to grow the program and build the culture he wants before calling for his head in a few years. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much what this is. Is there, You know, us as Gator fans, we got to mm-hmm. wait a little bit because it's not going to happen right away. No. I mean, and I think that's what sometimes, you know, we live in a place where where college football is mm-hmm. bigger than anything else, okay? Yeah. And I've seen Gator fans my whole life, dude. Yeah. And it's just uh, sometimes they don't they don't get it. They drive. Yeah. Oh, we gotta win. We gotta. No, sometimes you gotta lose to to be able to to grow from it and uh, yeah. eventually be able to. Uh, Build your program up. Yeah. So. Now, if he if he cannot lose too many to the transfer portal, he's actually going to have some talent. Yeah. Still in the program. So, I mean, you should be happy if we maybe make a bowl game, challenge Georgia. I'm not saying beat Georgia next year in the, yeah. in Jacksonville. If we actually look competent against Georgia next year, that's a plus from how we looked this year against Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm trying to figure out how the team that gave Alabama fits last year in the SEC championship game came a two-point conversion away from taking Bama to overtime this year, all of a sudden dropped off a cliff. <laughs> in, yeah, yeah, in, and there's like, what's going on here? And It's like, what? And, you know, I mean, they made Jones their guy and they ran with it, and I don't think it was a good thing. Unfortunately not, Jones was good early, but then teams just figured out if you make him... The problem with Jones is if you make him beat you through the air, he's not that good, unfortunately. Yeah. He's better on the ground. And unfortunately, that just wasn't that great to watch. Alright, so, Notre Dame chose to stay in-house when it came to their head coaching position. The university announced that defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman would be the new head coach of the program. The players were the first to receive the news, which was met with fantastic enthusiasm when he walked into the locker room for the first time as head coach of the Fighting Irish. The move also seems to keep seems to be keeping most of the staff together after Brian Kelly left uh, to LSU last week and was planning on bringing some staff members, including Freeman, down to Baton Rouge. So, Cooper, Notre Dame with keeping it in-house. Um, this is good news from, for Notre Dame. They can mm-hmm. continue to, you know, continue to go with the game plan. They can yep. continue to... Do what they do and feel comfortable about doing what they're doing because Absolutely. I mean Brian Kelly living leaving was 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 a big hit to their to their organization. Right. So this it was a bit of a shocker. This this really helps and it helps your recruits too because mm-hmm. your recruits are gonna be like, well, you know, you guys still kind of have the same coaching staff. Right. They may still go. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you're going to keep recruits, and you're not going to. You're possibly not going to lose a lot of players. Because, like I say, if you've seen the video online, the players were ecstatic to see it when he was announced and walked in as their head coach. They were absolutely um, enthousi- uh, enthusiastic about it, excited, ready to go. I think they were ready to go right then. Let's right. Let's, let's, let's go take go the field now. right now. Come on! Is yeah. it 2022 already? Let's get this going. Fall 2022 cannot get to South Bend, Indiana fast enough because they are ready to go. So now, basically, Freeman will coach the bowl game, and then Freeman's going to get onto the recruiting trail and keep try to keep uh, a lot of the recruits, which I think they will. Um, obviously, losing Kelly is going to be 
odd to say the least, but I think the team's going to do just fine. And uh, we'll see Notre Dame still. I, the only thing that bothers me for Notre Dame is I don't know. Unless the playoff actually does expand, they're going to always kind of be that weird in, on the outside looking. I know they've made the playoffs the last two years, except for this year, obviously. But they're still kind of that eh, spot where they're just like, you're kind of invited if you do this good. It's like you can't be, you can't really yeah. lose. You can't afford a loss. You have to go basically on the Yeah. It's kind of like Oregon. Yeah. Well, I mean, ours is just conference affiliation is not that great right now because we've had a terrible down conference where we've been mostly dominant and no one else really steps up anymore because Stanford's been going backwards uh, in the last few years. Yeah. and Which is shocking to see because I never saw, thought I'd see Stanford fall like they did. They've got such a great rise even when Harbaugh left and Shaw was there, but Shaw can't seem to recruit anymore, which is really weird. And then... You know, Washington has been up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, so they haven't been consistently up. They've been mostly down, and now it's kind of like... And now UCLA might be... UCLA's trying with Chip Kelly. They might be looking at a new coach because Chip Kelly might jump over. We might steal him. We don't know where Rumor is. He's the favorite in the clubhouse right now. We'll see what happens. But with SC being back, though, with with a... Lincoln Riley, that's going to make the conference a lot better. And hopefully, you know, I mean, still, you'd like to go undefeated because then you know you're definitely going to be guaranteed a playoff spot. But it just makes it, it's nicer to know if you lose early enough, just in case, you know, maybe you didn't have your best player. You know, like if we would have lost to Ohio State and ran the table, the rest of the way, no one, but we kept it close. No one would have given us a hard time because we were without Kayvon Thibodeau in that game. Yeah. They wouldn't have killed us for it. Okay, they didn't have Kayvon. Kayvon came back, and now they've been dominant. Of course, then we ended up losing to Stanford anyways, and then Utah, and then Utah again. But I'm just saying, if we had lost that but ran the table, we probably still would have made the playoff. I'm just saying, because we were without Thibodeau. But we won, and then we lost games we shouldn't have lost. Just saying. So, all right. Oklahoma now has their new head coach after Lincoln Riley left for USC last week. They hired now former defensive coordinator Brent Venables from Clemson. Venables has led the talented Clemson defense the last few years that resulted in some national championships and, of course, championship game appearances. This was a good move for Oklahoma, who now has a quality coach that can lead this team when it moves into the SEC in the near future. Cooper. Uh, Definitely is a good pickup. Um, Just, just. Hope that they don't have the years that Clemson had this year. It was a down year, yes, but they still ended up finishing. What was it, ten and three or ten and yeah, nine and three? Sorry, yeah, and then it's they just weird because you're used to seeing them like up the top. You are used to that, but I mean, it's it was just a down year. I think they they lose a lot. They lost a lot. Of pl- talent to the draft, they very, including they did, they including did. Trevor Lawrence. Um, so they weren't really replenished. It's hard to be Alabama where you lose a lot of talent and yet you got five star recruits sitting on the bench ready to go. Yeah, it's hard to do that all the flipping time. You know, we all can't be Bama, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, and have that going for you because, anyways. But I'm just saying, so Venable's defenses have been good. He's sent plenty of people to the NFL. 
which is good because Oklahoma needs a guy that knows defense because whether you like it or not, after you leave the Big 12 and move to the SEC, if you can't play a lick of defense, you are screwed. And even though you can play a lick of defense, you can also get your butt handed to you, as we found out this weekend. And we're going to talk about that right now. So the big game from the college football weekend was number one, Georgia taking on number three, Alabama in the SEC championship game. Georgia jumped out to a 10-0 lead and it was looking like it was a possible uh, that this game could get away from the Crimson Tide. That was not the case, however, as the defense for Bama made the proper adjustments needed and held Georgia's offense to 14 points the rest of the game. Bama's offense also made their proper adjustments and jumped on top of a hyped-up Georgia defense as they put up 41 points on that vaunted defense. Cooper. Yeah, this is not at all what I was expecting. Um, I literally <laughs> thought that it was going to... I wasn't sure that Georgia was going to completely pull it out because it is Bama, dude. I don't care what you say about them being number one overall. Yeah. Bama has been the team for I don't know how many years. And how many wins does Bama have over Georgia? A lot recently. So, I mean, it was it was nice to think that Georgia could could pull it off. But I literally thought that this game was going to be a lot closer than what it was. And it was like, oh, it's so frustrating because you wanted to see a good game because you know these teams are really good teams. Yeah. Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought, I really thought Georgia would win. But I also knew it's Bama and Nick Saban. And he seems to pull these games out. But to only score 14 points the rest of yeah. the way after taking a 10-0 lead and your defense, which has been stout all year, talked about constantly, they got the number one scoring defense. They have, like, the number one rush defense. They don't really give up big plays downfield. To then getting hammered for 41 points is just unbelievable. I hate to say it, but I just... Got to tip my hat to Alabama and Nick Saban once again because it's just the way it is. And I feel bad for Cincinnati, dude. Cincinnati has to now play them in the first playoff game. Yeah, man. Oh, it's going to be a murder. I don't want to I don't even know if I'm going to watch that game. I might just watch Michigan, Georgia, because <laughs> I'm afraid of the massacre that's probably about to happen. Between number one Alabama and number four Cincinnati, I, I was sitting there going, "I know what you're." I knew what they were going to do on Sunday. It's like I know what you're going to do. Please don't do that to Cincinnati. Please move them up and move Georgia all the way down and have the rematch because Cincinnati, I think, would have a better chance against Michigan. Than they do against Bama. Yeah. I'd rather see the SEC title rematch in the first round than. Because it's basically. Basically, unless a miracle happens in that Michigan Georgia game, I think Georgia's going to win and we're going to get the rematch in the national title game. Not that I trust Georgia to win that either, but. (laughs) After what we just witnessed, but I'm just saying. It's. The massacre, though, that will be Cincinnati versus Alabama is. not looking forward to that. All right. So, 
As for the rest of the conference championships, on Friday, and with rumors swirling around their head coach, number 10, Oregon got rolled by the Utes of Utah once again as they lost the Pac-12 title game 38-10. Number 2, Michigan steamrolled number 13, Iowa, for the Big Ten championship 42-3 as they put up half their points in the fourth quarter alone. Number 21, Houston fought valiantly in the first uh, half of the AAC title game against number 4, Cincinnati, but the Bearcats used a big third quarter to pull away with a win, 35-20. Baylor used a goal line stand against number 5, Oklahoma State, to pull off the upset and dash the Cowboys' playoff hopes with a 21-16 win in the Big 12 title game. In the, AA, sorry, in the ACC title game, there was a shootout in the first quarter between number 15, Pitt, and number 16, Wake Forest. However, the Panthers' defense showed up in the second, second quarter and pitched a shutout for the rest of the game as the Panthers won 45-21. Number 19, San Diego State got routed in the Mountain West title game, 46-13 by Utah State. And number 24, Louisiana finished off their very good year with a nice send-off for Billy Napier with a 24-16 win over Appalachian State in the Sun Belt title game. Cooper, anything that stick out for you there? Uh, sorry. It's okay. And a bit of a brain fart. <laughs> it's very. Anything stick out for you in those championship games? Uh, um, hold on here. Yeah, the Michigan game, man. The Michigan game was pretty good. Um, pretty you know, good. They rolled yeah, Iowa. Pretty good, man. They rolled Iowa. You know what I'm saying? So it's steamrolled Iowa. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, dude. Michigan. Michigan was ready. I, I, I was kind of expecting a little bit of a, of a not like a letdown, but like a kind of a lull in the title game because, you know, they finally beat Ohio State for the first time in 10 years. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of figured maybe their energy wouldn't be sorry. I mean, I guess when you, you – I mean, they still scored 21 points before the fourth quarter. That's pretty decent. Score right there for yourself, and then they freaking just rolled them for 21 more points in the fourth quarter. I'm just like, good god, what is that? They were hyped up, brother. They were hyped they were up. ready for something in that fourth quarter. Jeez, how about though that Baylor uh, Oklahoma State game, though? The Big 12 title, uh, play a uh, pass interference in the end zone, put Oklahoma State on the two yard line with a first and goal, and Baylor's defense shuts it down. Oh man, that's good. That's gonna be just heartbreaking. I right. mean, it's like, ugh. But if you if you like defenses, there you go, right? Right. Something <laughs> they don't really play in that conference, but the defense sure showed up when it needed to at that point. And holy crap, it was a good game. I watched the end of that. I'm just like, what is happening here? <laughs> I'm like, they're right there. They're right there. They're right. You can't get in from the two. Good boy. In that last play, oh my god, that was so fun watching the. Um, defensive back run with the running back on pretty much down the goal line to see who can beat the other to the corner and he cut the angle off so he couldn't get the bo- nose of the ball to the pylon and that was all she wrote in that game that was beautiful uh, I was a little shocked uh, I watched San Diego State handle BYU um, a little while ago on uh, the fr- was it I think Friday after Thanksgiving and uh, San Diego State getting rolled by Utah State like that I was kind of crazy after the, seeing that score, I was like, eesh, that was kind of ugly. 
Um, I don't know when the last time, though, that uh, Utah State and Utah won their conference championships. <laughs> yeah, like, are we in the twilight zone, bro? <laughs> Utah is the mecca of football right now. <laughs> it feels like it, though. I mean, both Utah State and Utah won. I guess BYU would hurry up and join a conference, and other than the, one of those ones, they would have probably won one, too. That would be really fun. All right. All right, you ready to talk some big boy football? Let's do it, brother. So the Carolina Panthers made an interesting coaching decision last week. Uh, while on a bye, or this last week, while on a bye week, the Panthers fired OC, or offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Brady was a hot commodity just a few years ago when he led the LSU offense as their offensive coordinator to the national championship. He would join Matt Rule in Carolina as their uh, offensive coordinator that offseason. Brady has been rumored to join Mario Cristobal's staff as offensive coordinator at Miami to try and resurrect that offense. So, Yikes. Oi. We've seen what he can do on offense. Uh, national championship with LSU. Uh, I mean, I granted, the offense doesn't look great in Carolina, but you lost Christian McCaffrey too much. What do you expect? Yeah. Christian McCaffrey's basically your entire offense, so what are we talking about here? Right. I don't see how that I, – I just wanted to it, – is it really a firing or was it he asked for a release and you just said, now nah, you're fired because he wanted to go because he knew he was going to probably get a good a good job back in college. I'm just saying. It just it just seems odd I to me. I don't know, man, but I don't know where these Panthers are going, but they, they just – and sure are stuck in the mud despite having new ownership and no longer having Cam Newton. I almost wanted to like him and they make it hard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so the Detroit Lions have finally ended their winless streak, brother. It's over. Finally. A streak that reached 15 games dating back to last year finally ended when Jared Goff threw a game-winning touchdown in the final seconds against Minnesota at home. The Lions have been close many times this year, but now they have a huge weight lifted off their shoulders. Especially for Goff, who had keep hearing constantly that he was winless in the NFL without Sean McVay as his head coach. And uh, coach, head coach Dan Campbell gets a needed win to show his team that they are capable of winning. Yeah, I don't know what they put in their Wheaties that night, dude. Or <laughs> what what football gods they prayed to, but... Uh, they prayed to the right one. The, the, yeah, they prayed to the right one because... Uh, uh, yeah, it, it took forever. Jared Goff was playing like freaking, like he was an actual NFL quarterback. Like he knew what he was doing. I'm like, he kind of turned back to into the Jared Goff that played in 2018 for the Rams. Yeah, that Jared Goff. That was the Jared. Goff. Other than the, he did throw a couple picks and had a ball stolen from him basically out of his hand. But I mean, when your offensive line isn't doing that great, it's kind of hard. But just saying, though, man. He finally drove them down, got him the win, gets that huge weight lifted off their, his shoulders. Campbell's got a weight lifted off his shoulders. I think now if you're the Lions, you can just relax, not have to be so, oh, my God, are we ever going to get You finally got over the hump. Now just go try to win a couple games to get a respectable, respectable, um, you know, get, get some respect on your name now. Try. Yeah. yeah. Good lord. You don't want the number well, I mean By the way You might want the number one overall draft big Mike. That way you can trade it down and get more. But by the way, 
despite that only one win, they are not mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Could we start seeing some playoff magic from the Detroit Lions? Huh. I doubt it, but it would be fun. Because this was the thing we got from um, NFL on CBS. It didn't go this way, but the NFL still hasn't officially eliminated them. The Lions needed to beat the Vikings. Cowboys needed to beat the Saints on Thursday Night Football, which they did. Dolphins needed to beat the Giants, which they did. Bucks needed to beat the Falcons, which they did. Jets beat the Eagles. Didn't happen. Cardinals beat the Bears. Happened. Raiders beat Washington. Didn't happen. Seahawks beat the Niners. Did happen. That's all that needed to happen in Week 13. But they're still mathematically alive. I don't know how. Because they already eliminated the Texans and they have the same record as the Jaguars. <laughs> I'm like, how is the Texans mathematically eliminated? But the Jaguars, who they beat in Week 1... Have, and have the same record as are not. And the Lions, who've only won one game, are not mathematically eliminated yet. I don't know. But it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Detroit, just try to put some respect on yourselves and do something. For the love of God. If you end up with a number all an overall pick, either draft Aiden Hutchinson, draft Kayvon Thibodeau, or trade down with a quarterback desperate team, get you some draft picks, and build that team. Because your O-line... Only has Panay Sewell. The rest of it sucks. Just yeah. saying. There's a really good center out of Iowa that would really be good for you. I'm just saying. Just saying. Oh. Just putting it out there. Because <laughs> I'd like Cave uh, one to go anywhere else but Detroit. <clears throat> My bad. All right. So the Seattle Seahawks were dealt a big blow to their defense as they lost safety Jamal Adams for the season with a shoulder injury. The injury will require surgery, which is the cause for a season to being over. The Seahawks are coming off a hard-fought win at home against rival San Francisco and are still holding on to playoff hopes after the win. Adams is a big playmaker and must be known where he is on where he is on the field constantly for opposing offenses. Cooper, this is a bad blow for the Seahawks defense, man. It is, man. And after everything they've been through with Russell Westbrook and his injury, and his that, injury, it's just. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Seahawks, but I, I don't think that they're going to do very much this year. I think it's, it's about over for them, and Pete Carroll will be gone soon. Yeah. The Pete Carroll saga is over. Just saying he wouldn't look too bad in the green and yellow. Then there's that. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Well, green and yellow, we're, we're killing Anyways, yeah, I just, it's so weird because, you know, we both had Seattle doing really well this year. We also obviously didn't expect the injury to yeah. Russell. Obviously, you can't predict injuries, especially to the guy who hasn't been injured once in his career yet. Well, I mean, he's been hurt, but he's but not he's so played so in almost day. every game he, he started in yeah. almost every game he's been in. Yeah, so it's just weird to have this. This has been a weird season. For a lot of things in football, but for Seattle to be this down, you're right. Though I, I kind of agree, because it's either going to be Carroll or it's going to be Russell, and I don't see how you pick Carroll over Russell. I don't see it either because I mean, uh, Russell still has some years on him. Oh yeah, he's just barely thirty or thirty-one now. He's got good at least. He's got at least five good. He's got about three great years, give or take, mm-hmm. if he's healthy. If he's healthy, three great years, about two really good years, and then maybe one or two 
pretty good, but you're going to need a really good running game, good defense to carry him out kind of player. And then after that, it's kind of a maybe he can still give you a year or two where you hopefully you're not talking about like Roethlisberger style of Oh God! Play. Don't even give I'm me just stars say, I'm just, on I'm this just, shit. I'm just saying, though. Hopefully, it's not. I'm that. so glad this is almost over. I know you are. The bleeding is almost over. Yes. So, all right. So, we're gonna talk positively about Thomas Patrick Edward Brady Jr. Wow. Yes. Probably. Yes. All right, brother. Let's do it. I want only because it. it involves Gronkowski. <laughs> Oh, Lord. (laughs) So the Tom Brady-Rom Gronkowski connection got rolling in their win against Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. uh, They connected on two more touchdown passes, which boosts their numbers and has them second all-time QB wide receiver slash tight end connection of touchdowns. It makes their total to 90 and has them 22 behind Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, who have a total of 112. On top of that, Brady has officially owned Atlanta in his career as he is 10-0, including the playoffs against the Falcons. Arthur Blank may just need to sign control over the team to Brady because he's basically the owner now. (laughs) So there. See, I can actually say something nice about Tom Brady. There you go. Only because it involved Gronk. If it involved anyone else, you wouldn't even put this blip on here. You're right about that, but I'm just saying I can do it. Well, I'll give you some credit. I mean, Thank you. Tom Brady is a very controversial man. Uh, you either love him or you hate him. Or you... Hate him! So, it is what it is. And uh, I think you kind of like him, though. Uh, I'm glad he brought some prestige back to old Tampa, the Bucks, man. Um, you know, I'm just glad finally we finally have somewhat of a football team that... that uh, that can contend with people. You know what I mean? So, and what's weird is it only took him coming to the team. Really? He basically, got, basically was getting rid of Jameis Winston. He yeah. just got a competent quarterback. I'm just saying. A competent quarterback who didn't turn the ball over yeah. 36 times. And, in, and stay injury prone. You might have done okay, but I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm not trying to knock. I'm not really trying to knock Tom on that. I'm just saying. Did they win the Super Bowl without Tom? Probably not. Tom probably made sure they won the Super Bowl last year. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that. I'm just saying they made the playoffs. Probably. Well, I don't know. The Saints ended up winning the division. I can't guarantee that because Tom didn't win the division. I'm not gonna harp him on that. But I'm just saying they they're still contenders for the division title last year, like they were. They. I don't know if they go on the playoff run, but they at least make the playoffs. They may have win a, may win a game or two. And, you know, are there close to it possibly? I'm just saying Tom Brady, yes, put him over the top and gave him a Super Bowl. But I'm just saying a competent quarterback at least still got you to a playoff. And I'm glad to see Rob Gronkowski back, dude. <sighs> yes, I was I'm happy to Gronk. see him go to the WWE. But he, he would be put, so good there, He could too. put it on the back burner for now. When he's done, go go wrestle. Go beat some up. Or go to AEW. Yes, AEW. Well, that would be more fun. Yes. WWE keeps fucking getting rid of everybody, girl. And they keep PG everything. Oh, God. Can you imagine a PG-13 Rob Gronkowski? Oh, dude. Oh, my God. That'd be so much fun. I'd be all over that mm-hmm. all the time. 
It wouldn't even be AEW talking anymore. It'd be just be Rob Gronkowski talk. Wrestling talk. That's all it would be. <laughs> Let's talk Rob Gronkowski, and then we'll talk about some other things that happened that night. But Oh, it'd be so much fun. Oh, but man. So yeah, there you go. I can talk nice about Tom Brady. I even gave him credit. Uh, he he gives them the Super Bowl. Just saying, though, a competent quarterback over Jameis Winston still would have made the playoffs. But Brady gave him the Super Bowl win. So there you go. I can give him that. That's all I'm giving him. All right, so the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens had another great battle, this time in Pittsburgh. This rivalry is very iconic, and we got another chapter of it on Sunday as the Steelers won 20-19. The Baltimore Ravens went for two after scoring a late touchdown rather than the tying, rather than tying the game with an extra point and going for, into overtime. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh stated after the game that the decision was based off injuries to his cornerbacks as the reason he went for the wrong win rather than playing for overtime. Some don't seem to see that. One, the tight end was open, and if he could have caught it, he scores. And two, T.J. Watt came free off the edge and made Lamar Jackson have to change his throwing angle, which put the ball out of reach of tight end Mark Andrews, who would have, like I said, scored on the play. So I don't get everybody's anger that they went for two. If he catches it, it's over, they win. I'm just saying. Yeah, but if if you, well, if he catches it and he scores, field, they no one told, no one talks about it. But if you make a field goal, and you push it to overtime, that's what they're saying. They wanted more. They wanted another shot. I can kind of get it. Sometimes you want your team to go in overtime. Not that I'm bitching. I don't care for the Ravens, and I'm you glad Pittsburgh, you got the win. <laughs> I'm glad Pittsburgh got the win on this. I'm just saying, I. Kind of understand it, but I think it's funny. But at the same time, though, we're not even talking about it if it's completed for a two-point conversion. It's not a point. No one's going to sit and go, oh, yeah, you won, but you shouldn't have gone for two. Anyway, you're not hearing that. Nope. I'm just saying. It took T.J. Watt to prevent them from beating them because if he doesn't come freely off the edge, it's an easy completion, and it's and it's going to be. It's over. And it's over. That just shows how great T.J. Watt is, by the way, because he came on freely, and he's lucky. Lamar Jackson's lucky he's quick, because if he didn't have that quickness, T.J. Watt would have killed him. <laughs> he oh was yeah, because he, he's a beast, and when he when he sees red, dude, he's gone. When he sees that opposing quarterback, <sighs> he also, uh, by the you way, think he does that, you think he does that in practice? He sees red, and the quarterback screwed anyways. Look, do you think that's why Roethlisberger has <laughs> been injured so much lately? <laughs> It might be. Who's, by the way, talking retirement again. Just saying. All right. Um, also, I'm, I'm I did, glad he's talking retirement again. He needs to. Right. Didn't want to point out that TJ Watt has tied his brother JJ for the second most sacks in 72 games for a defensive player. In his first 72 games as in his career. So he tied his brother at 65 and a half. Wow. Yeah. He's going to be a beast by the time he's done, dude. He's going to break so many records. I mean, just... basically, if he just stays healthier than his brother did late in his career, he's going to be way better than his brother. And I hate to say that because I love JJ. I love his story. Walk on at Wisconsin. Did all that work at Wisconsin. Got to be a number one. Not, not the number one overall pick, but got to be a first-round pick of the Houston Texans. Really changed the 
complexion of that defense in Houston made them pretty badass down there on defense. And then the injuries, dude. If he just doesn't get hurt, he's a lot better player than he is. I mean, he's helped out Arizona. I mean, it, he. I'm just saying, though. he's He could have been a lot better. And if TJ Watt just stays healthier than his brother, he's going to be miles beyond him in, in sacks. Because he's just unbelievable. And he's fast as hell. Yeah. It, it's not he's right crazy, how fast dude. he is. And when he when he's ready to get that ball, mm-hmm. he will hit that mother. Yeah, oh, and he man, will. Dude. He coming. You see ninety in black and white. You better run. You better be running. <laughs> and you better hope his ass don't catch you, cause he gonna kill you and get the ball. Yeah. You better be Lamar Jackson fast, cause you ain't Lamar Jackson fast. Oh, I feel, <laughs> I feel bad for you. Cause it's over. Cause he's coming. I mean, he could do it all. That's the thing that's crazy about him. He's like a hybrid. Yeah. It's just, it's just nuts. Yeah. Oh God, I just would love it if he was opposite Aaron Donald. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not it. gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Well, if we don't win a Super Bowl, Aaron Donald won't mind returning to Pittsburgh. I'm sure. That'd be awesome. Shut up. Anyways, as for the rest of the games, <laughs> the Cowboys went into the Superdome on Thursday in New Orleans and came away with a huge win. That was that has the def- as the defense got to pick off Taysom Hill four times in a 27-17 win. The suddenly hot Miami Dolphins have a five-game winning streak that continued with a good win over the New York Giants, 20 to nine, as Tua battles for his future. The Rams ended a three-game uh, losing streak against the Jaguars. Uh, that they were supposed to beat 37-7, to and the, and Stafford finally was turnover-free. Kyler Murray returned from injury, and the Cardinals became the first team to reach 10 wins this season, as we mentioned earlier, as they easily handled the Bears 33-22. In the battle of QBs from the 2020 NFL Draft, Joe Burrow and his Bengals were no match for Justin Herbert and his Chargers as they won 41-22. Minshew Mania was back for at least one game as Gardner Minshew II led the Eagles to a 33-18 win over the helpless Jets. The Jonathan Taylor Show continues to dominate the ground game for the Colts as they cruise to a 31-0 victory over the Texans. Washington won an ugly game in Vegas against the Raiders, 17-15. Kansas City's defense has been dominating the past two months, which coincides with the health of defensive tackle Chris Jones, and it flexed its muscles on Sunday Night Football as the Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-9. The Patriots and Bills played in a terrible Nor'easter, which resulted in the defense into a de- defensive-friendly game that the Pats did just enough to win 14-10 in Buffalo. Cooper, of the remaining games that we talk, just talked about, what stands out to you? How about the Pats and Buffalo, bro? <sighs> I'm getting sick and tired of freaking New England, man. <laughs> I watched the game thinking, okay, Buffalo, you have your chance. Here's your chance. It's bad weather. Patriots got a rookie quarterback. What'd they do? Throw three freaking times, ran 46 times, and the Bills couldn't stop shit. Sound a little angry there, brother. You think? Just a wee bit. I'm more angry than when I freaking set Paul Bunyan's ass last week. How about the how about the Eagles and the Jets? I mean, Minshew mania, man. Minshew mania, man. You gotta give it to the kid. He's something else. He's funny. I saw a thing on uh, 
today on Facebook, I was scrolling, that Gardner Minshew is the quarterback Baker Mayfield wishes he was. <laughs> Uncle Rico. I'm like, damn, that hurts. Whew. Did you see his pilot jacket after the game when he saw when he was uh, seeing his dad? It was pretty cool looking. He had like a, you know, had all the patches and stuff like a fighter uh, fighter pilot jacket. It was pretty cool looking, but he was so excited. Him and his dad celebrated after that you know, beat down of the Jets. Oh man, Joe, uh, Herbert looked good. I wish we could get that Herbert every week. If we got that Herbert every week, the Chargers would be so hard to beat, man. So hard to beat. You don't want that, though. I want it for Herbert, though. I love Herbert. You, you know I love Herbert. want it for the Chargers. Come I on, don't. be honest. I don't, but still, I I want it for Herbert. Huh. For the love of Herbert, give me for that. For the love of Herbert. For the love of Herbert. Joe Burrow, man, he's had some up and he's had a up and down back half of his season. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it definitely is, man, but, you know, it's better than him being completely injured and out of it. True, because uh, that was painful, literally, to watch. Yeah. And uh, what about Kansas City's defense suddenly showing up? Hey, man, about damn time, right? True that, because they've been looking like crap earlier in the year, and now to show up like that? Ooh. And boy, were we right! What is up with Taysom Hill? Come on, man. Get over it. Let's. We're done. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. He's going to get a start again. I'm just like, no, we're done. Taysom Hill's done. You can't do this with Taysom Hill. He's not your quarterback. For the love of God, give Ian Book a try. He's, he's, he's the same size as Drew Brees was. I'm just saying. Give him a try. <laughs> Who cares now? We're still calling around some free agents, damn it. If you don't, if you're New Orleans and you don't even try to pry away Aaron Rodgers or freaking Russell Wilson, what are you doing? Yeah. At least try. You know, if you at least give your fan base hope that you're trying, they'll be okay if you decide, hey, we couldn't get one of these guys, so maybe we'll strike it good with a rookie quarterback in the first round. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, the fan base will be like, all right, we tried. We tried to get Russell. We couldn't work it somehow. Rodgers, we hope, we hoped we couldn't do that. You know, maybe you could work something out and get Garoppolo. I don't know. I just, Garoppolo's health, though. If he could stay healthy, the Niners would be better than they are. They wouldn't be 6-6. Six and six. They'd be probably, you know, probably 8-4, and 9-3 th- and four, nine and three right now. Just saying, because, you know, yeah. obviously they're better than my flipping team. Thank God we beat the Jaguars. If we would have lost the Jaguars. Yeah, y'all beat them in good fashion, too. And uh, Thank God. Yeah. I, I, How about I, our favorite white boy, it's, it's hard to be. Yeah, right? Favorite white boy is just killing it still. Yeah. Our favorite white boy leads the league in freaking receiving. A white boy. Love it. Yes, love it. Sorry. Don't mean to sound weird about and rude, but I'm just saying. It's a white guy leading the league in receiving. Funny. It's weird. It's funny. But it's cool. It's, it, it's only a matter of time, honestly, until like the Vikings just go say screw it and just start throwing to Justin Jefferson, who's the closest one to him right now. And Justin Jefferson just bypasses him. <laughs> just saying, because it could probably happen. Because we're not, our offense really isn't built around Cooper Cup, where Vikings offense kind of is based off Justin They need Jefferson. to build it around Cooper Cup. They really <clears throat> do, because... 
He is killing it this year. Yep. He's proven he's an elite freaking receiver. Yep. And that he, that option he's route. proven everything you and I have both said about him for a couple of years now that yep. this guy's got something and and now he's finally finally flourishing with it. He fucked up that safety on that option route for that touchdown where he's just like uh, I'm going to run at you. I'm going to fake the out. Now watch me slant right there. Boom! Touchdown. I'm just like, you just got owned by a white dude. No! Do it again. I want to replay that. Watch it again. Yeah. It's so fun. It's hard to enjoy. It's not. It's hard not to enjoy, man. It's fun. Oh, I love it. Let's do it some more. Can't wait to do this again next week. Football. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back tomorrow night with AEW talk. Maybe, hopefully, if we're feeling up to it, we might maybe push it to Friday. We don't know yet. We'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. Um, then hopefully, Saturday will still be WWE talk. We get to talk about Liv Morgan battling Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw for the uh, Raw Women's title. I'm not sure. Is Charlotte facing um, Tony Storm Friday night? for the women's title? Or? I'm not quite sure yet either. I'm not sure on that. If it is, we'll talk about that, of course, too. And obviously, the whole match cards from both Monday Night and um, Friday Nights. Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown on Saturday. Um, we still got a while before the pay-per-view, so we don't have to worry about that. AEW. Um, Adam Cole called out MGF, which is interesting. Kind of want to talk about that tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, basketball talk. The Lakers won last night. Hallelujah. We beat the Celtics. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Finally. Good Lord. Haven't won a game in forever. Oof. Uh, feels like. Um, and then, uh, yeah, baseball talk is basically dead now. Unless they sign us in a CBA agreement between now and then, which I doubt. Um, and then, of course, we'll be back next Tuesday or Wednesday. If nothing weird happens, it'll be Tuesday on football talk so is that it i think that's it that's it brother all right so that does it for us here at sports talk and as always keep keep on on talking talking sports hey everyone this is big man this is cooper we hope you enjoyed our latest episode but be sure to check us out on our social medias on facebook at cooper big man our facebook page sports talk with cooper and big man on twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sportstalk, W I T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.